going on ladies and gentlemen brandenburg you're hanging on and bro i lost my water bottle man i can't find it i don't know what's going on i lose everything i know i help me man i lose my head if it wasn't <laughs> attached let me tell you what i was looking for this uh i did a baptism in the hospital the other week and then i couldn't find my baptism book i thought i left it there i called the chaplain i was like chaplain i'm looking for this baptism book and he called me back he's like oh we don't have it it was at home in my closet so I didn't really lose it. I just didn't know where to look. So maybe your water bottle will turn up. This might be bad, but you I think you call it uh there's a couple times when we're looking for stuff in the kitchen. It's like, I don't know, do we have any I don't know, do we have any flour? It's like I don't know, I can't find it and you're like, Did you do a man look or uh, something <laughs> else look? <laughs> oh, we we used to say a man look or a hand look because a man, look a man a will hand. just open it with his eyes, be like, "Oh, I don't see any." But like, once you put your hands yeah. in there and like move something, you're like, "Oh, there's a whole bunch of flour right here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's what happens. Because <laughs> that's like, what my mom would say. I'd be like, "Mom, I can't find my shoes," and be like, "They're upstairs." I'd be like, "I looked upstairs." She'd say, "Did you look with your hands?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, but I should probably do like some uh, man hand look. For my water bottle, because ah, uh, there you no, go. I, that thing's been gone for like two days, bro. I don't know. Oh I mean. man. So I so I have like this orange juice and a milk jug full <laughs> of water. You know, <laughs> like I'm drinking out of that. It's awesome. I have this nice yeah. uh, Arctic cup. Keeps ice until the morning. Oh, bro, those are nice. It's pretty handy. Yeah, thirty-two ounces. Wait, so you put, so you put an ice cube in, and it stays ice. The ice cube is there when you wake up. Yeah. No. Well, plus it's Seriously? plus it's colder here in Colorado than it is in Texas. Yeah, but are you what you put in the cup outside or what? No, just in the room. <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's like Man, a what do they call it? Like air sealed insulated or something. Yeah. Um uh, but anyways, yeah, it's real nice. That's pretty neat. That's what I'm talking about. Because I'm already getting you know how dry it is in Colorado? I'm already getting those no. like uh I'm already getting those like cracks on the on the heels of my feet. Did you get those when you lived here? No, I don't get that. Uh well talk to Jason. Jason used to get them. So like cuz we wear sandals all the time so like the heel is always exposed and like on the back mm-hmm. of your heel like the skin will just like crack. Uh, oh bro, that sounds it, nasty. All right. Yeah. Let's save our listeners from I mean, this it's not horrendous. like no. <laughs> it's not like a stigmata. It's just like a little I mean, I got <laughs> These are small ones. These are only like because too. It's only like stigmata on your feet, bro. Only, What's going on? It's, it's only like a quarter of an inch. Yeah. So <laughs> But it Next time I see Jason's feet, I'm going to be like, "Bro, you got stigmata on your feet, bro." It, it doesn't really happen in San Antonio cuz it's so humid. Like that's the one nice thing about living down there, is you don't get the uh, you don't get the cracked heels. Colorado gives you, you cracked don't get heels. The cracked heels. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't got that. I don't got that. But and then when they get really bad. Yeah, but we want to welcome our listeners. Thank y'all for joining us. <laughs> we do. That brother's name. <laughs> I'm just is gonna. I'm Vincent gonna cover Carrasco. <laughs> and that brother's name is Brother Brandon Berg. You're yes. listening to the Brother Hut. Thanks for tuning in, to the Brother Hut. 
<laughs> we know you have a lot of choices in your podcast, and we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you for tuning in. We we were talking about feet and water bottles. Like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And losing <laughs> things. Sometimes you lose things. I was looking yeah. for something else the other day, too. Couldn't find it. Then I did. Praying to St. Anthony is, like, legitimate help. Like if you take oh that is if you take like ten seconds and pause and make like a sincere prayer, like that dude that dude comes through big time. He does. It's pretty awesome. I, I'll never forget one time. Well, part of it is like I lose stuff all the time, and so, <laughs> so you're and it's good always friend. like, and it's always like in my pocket or something. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll never forget one time. It's like I lost my. What was it, man? It was like my ring or something that I had got when I went to World Youth Day Brazil. So it was like, that's uh, my Pope, okay. you know? Uh, like, I got it there, and it has, like, real special. Uh-huh. We were in Victoria, and we were playing tennis. Oh. And it, we were just, like, you know, swinging the, the ball and, like, just, you know, we were playing tennis. And I guess my ring popped out of my pocket. I thought it popped out of my pocket. I swear it did. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> And I went back, looked for it, and I looked in my pocket, and it wasn't there. Uh-huh. I remember. But I prayed. I was like, St. Anthony, help me find my ring, yada, yada. And I checked again in my pocket, and all of a sudden it was in my pocket. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I I think I had a, another <laughs> pocket, maybe. That's right. <laughs> maybe a saint crazy. or an angel put it there. St. Anthony, like, put his hand in my pocket, put my ring back. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've been getting a lot of help too from my guardian angel. There was something the other day. Well, I was backing out of the driveway, and I was like, you know, I should go really slow right now because there might be somebody walking. And then I like looked, and there was like a guy like right there, and I was like, whoa, like good thing I was going slow. And then someone else too, oh, yeah, and I was like, like he's protecting you. Huh? Yeah, like just kind of inspiring yeah, yeah. me to like just do like little things. Yeah. So. Starting to think that's more how they work, you know, but like a lot of times I think I don't listen to them. I think I should do something and be like, nah, that can't be real. But starting to get a little more in tune. I've been praying for that too. Like oftentimes in the rosary, I say, like, especially for the the mystery of the Annunciation, I ask the Lord to like oh, help yeah. us to help us be more aware of angels and messages of the angels and our guardian angels. Help that's me the, realize, Lord. Yeah, yeah, help I me. Because that's the whole thing that started. I mean, an angel came to announce the Annunciation, which is like the greatest gift that we have, like Jesus on Earth. So I think they have some pretty cool messages for us, it seems like. That's true, man. Yeah, the holy ones, the saints, the angels, yeah. And it's a pretty, I mean, that's a good transition into the topic, man. We want to introduce... Yeah. Holy obedience and holiness, uh, holiness. Yes, through the life and of today's life, today's optional being memorial. Yeah, being obedient to the Spirit, being obedient to uh, God and our brothers, and then um, the obedience of uh, one of the saints that we celebrate today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Today is the. Uh, optional memorial of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, 
who was a nun. So I have no idea yep. about this person, bro. So there give it go. all. Lay it down for us. Break it down a little bit. I don't want to have all the details, but. So mm-hmm. she was uh, born in France on the 22nd of July in 1647. And I have recently uh, read her autobiography, uh, appropriately titled The Autobiography of St. Margaret Mary. And it's written in her nice. own hand. They have an actual copy of it at the monastery in France that she wrote. So she was uh, born, as I said, 1647. And I think she had two brothers. And then her father died uh, when she was eight years old. And she, her mother had to go live with some other relatives. And apparently these three other relatives were rather controlling and Maybe mean uh, and abusive, which she doesn't give all the details, but it was pretty hard on her. But from a uh, very early yeah. age, like the Lord inspired like a great love for himself. And she writes about how she made a promise uh, of chastity to the Lord, like when she was only like six or seven years old. Like, I don't know how it happened, but she, she says that she does. She didn't even know what the words meant, but somehow she was inspired to make this promise of complete chastity um, yeah. to God. But then, like, it wasn't really happening, so she started to try and uh, enter the world, and she would go to these debutante parties with, like, young girls and young men, like, kind of looking for a spouse or a suitor. And she was on her way back from one of those, all dressed up in finery and makeup and making a show of herself. And the Lord stopped her in her yeah. tracks and said, you know, what are you doing? You made a promise to me. <laughs> and I, I want you Dang, to keep I want, Yeah, I want you to keep that promise. So she's like, okay. That's like a St. Paul moment. Yeah, kind of knocked her down. So she started to try and find out how she was supposed to be a nun. And she had a relative yeah. that was a member of some other convent. And, like, she went there, but it didn't work out. So she ended up with this uh, visitation order. And I guess she wasn't like uh, she wasn't super clumsy or terrible, but they extended her novitiate by three months, so she didn't get to like make her vows with her class. She had to wait an extra three months, but she made oh, it and man. persevered and ended up making final vows. And then she had been like conversing with the Lord from childhood, and she also had a deep uh, relationship with the Blessed Mother. But then over a period of about three or four years, there were a a number of apparitions uh, of Jesus where he revealed uh, his sacred heart and asked her to write down these uh, steps of the sacred heart devotion, uh, which eventually became very popular. He also asked her to do some pretty wild things uh, as an obedience to him. But he also put her, of course, she was already under obedience to her superiors. So that's the one subject we want to go into, but I think something, uh, maybe the first place I want to go is um, to purity yeah. or holiness, because mm. I I guess maybe I haven't, you know, I've done a good bit of reading about St. Francis. Of course, he had a, a radical holiness and did a bunch of penance and turned away from his sins, of course, as, as drastically as almost one person could. But there's something about the way that this nun writes about her life and about the sacred heart of Jesus. She just, you know, describes it as a burning furnace of charity. 
And Jesus would appear to her in these apparitions and like the rays out of his burning sacred heart would pierce her and wound her almost to the point where she's in pain. But <clears throat> there's also that phrase, like the closer you get, uh, sorry, the closer you get to the light, uh, the darker the shadows get. So it's kind of the analogy of uh, like drawing closer to the sun, like the sun gets brighter and harder to look at it, but you, you realize oh. how small you are. And you like you seem so insignificant and then like the shadow becomes even darker behind you. So like when you get close yeah. to God, like if Jesus appears to you in an apparition and you see his burning heart furnace of charity, it just makes you feel so small and insignificant. And she writes about how unworthy she was to receive all these apparitions. And all she wanted to do was do penance for her sins. Um so I actually wanted oh, to read a couple of brief statements crazy. of hers here. For sure. That talk about this uh, level of purity and how the Lord um, can't stand um, like even our, uh, even our, um, even our least voluntary imperfection. So she writes, yeah. and truly he never deprived me of it for any fault I committed. But as his sanctity cannot endure the slightest stain, nor the least voluntary imperfection, or one caused by negligence, he shows me the smallest fault. And since I am so imperfect and miserable as to commit many, although involuntarily, I own that it is an intolerable torment to me to appear before this sanctity when I have allowed myself to commit some act of infidelity. There is no kind of torture which I would not endure, rather than bear the presence of the all-holy God when my soul is stained with some fault. And I, that really, like, shocked me. Like, we talk about mortal sins and venial sins. That's kind of like classic Catholic terminology. But here mm -hmm. the Lord is revealing to St. Uh, Margaret Mary that he can't even stand like the smallest venial involuntary sin. Uh, no, voluntary imperfection. So, you know, not, not a great sin, no grave matter, but even any time, any voluntary sin, um, he cannot stand. So he showed her that in his great uh, sanctity and purity that he is calling us to. Because I know for myself, I, you know, if I can get through a day, you know, <laughs> with with only venial sins, it's like, woohoo, you know, I've done good today. But this is like, you know, <laughs> shock, <laughs> shocking me and calling me to something yeah. even deeper that like the Lord wants us to constantly yeah. turn away from even the slightest imperfection, like no voluntary right. imperfections, like, you know, being desiring holiness so much as to turn away from from even even all of our venial sins um, so it just kind of put me in a new mindset and scares me to think that the lord is calling us to such great heights but also inspiring me by uh this poor nun and the way she wrote about it and the way she talks about the sacred heart as this uh burning furnace of charity so wow man 
Uh, yeah, that's a new thing, bro. I've never, I haven't, yeah. Because I didn't really know too much about, um, you know, what's her name again? <laughs> <laughs> My good friend, uh, what's his name? Uh, Margaret Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret Mary Alacoque. Yeah, like, I didn't really know too much about yeah. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Yeah. Well, she's uh, yeah, one of the optional right memorials. Now. So she's pretty easy to glance over. And I think there's actually a couple other for today. There's like a St. Edwig and there might even be somebody else. Yeah. But so she doesn't often get a lot of press. Yeah. But there's a I think Francisco really goes cool. there in San Antonio. There's a St. Margaret Mary Parish there in San oh, Antonio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. But the so, thing I was thinking of, too, as you're reading is, you know, the question for me popped up. It's like you know how 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 does one do that you know like you were saying like sometimes we go through the day and it's like you know yeah no mortal no mortal <laughs> sin today woohoo you know and like i see all over social media like this new hashtag and i don't really like it it's you know no sin gang no sin gang you know hmm. uh and it's uh, yeah and, and like sure it's it's very nice you know that we have brothers and sisters who are overcoming sin and you know they're doing their part to stay away from mortal sin and venial sins you know but like you were saying there's a ton of venial sins that you know we fall into you know and and uh so for me the question arose you know like how how, how does one do that how does mm -hmm. one stay mm -hmm. away from even the smallest of sins because yeah, there's a ton of stuff, bro, that, you know how it is. Like, I, sure. I could be just living my day doing things or whatever, and it's like, oh, snap, I, you know, I said a bad word here or whatever. Right. Or I exaggerated I too much there. Yeah, I gossiped there. Yeah, you know what I mean? And without going too far on the skeptic end, you know what I mean? I think that, you know, one of the ways that we can – I'm just answering my own question, but yeah, like, go for I think it. One of the one of the, I think one of the ways that we can sort of overcome those tiny ways, you know, and just to tie it into the topic is just being, you know, obedient to the workings of God in our life, mm -hmm. you know, and and yeah, I think that, you know, if if we're obedient to God, if we're obedient to the Spirit, obedient to the workings of grace, I think that, you know, God can really, um, you know, move us and empower us. I know mm -hmm. that's a weird word, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think God, that can really, you know, God can really empower us to overcome that sin, especially mm -hmm. the sins that we struggle with as a, an individual or the sins of humanity. Yeah. You know, right on. so, yeah, I think I can yeah. give like a, practical example of that too so i think it takes a great awareness so there's something called well there's two ways to be aware one is called an examine which is where either at noon or at the end of the day it's a developed by the conscience well no well that's where i was going next but the first one is just the examine oh, okay. so there's five steps mm. to it you can research it saint ignatius developed it um it's an examine of consciousness so just to it's like you you ask for uh the grace of god and then you take time to review your day and you 
you in your mind say, okay, this is where I followed the Lord's will. And this is where I didn't follow the Lord's will. And then you ask forgiveness from that. And then you ask for the strength to always follow the Lord's will. And I think I'm pretty sure the Jesuits are trained to do that like twice a day, once at noon and once at night. And the yeah. other one is the examination of conscience that's typically done before going to confession or, um, a lot of uh, monastics, religious, we do that at night for night prayer, make a brief examination of conscience. So it, right. it takes an awareness of what you're doing and what you're doing throughout the day. And I think it helps to have some kind of guide to make an examination of conscience because it's become more apparent to me that if all we have is the example of culture, the example of social media, or even our friends – like that can be a pretty low standard. We're like, well, I'm not as bad as them, you know, but we need, we need yeah. a higher standard. We need the lives of saints, For we sure. need examination of consciousness. We need, and then when we go to confession to, to really pour out our hearts, you know, to have examined ourselves. Oh, you know, people come in, Oh, I did this. I think I did that. That's about it. But like really to, to have examined and to, to call to mind that awareness of this desire of wanting to turn away from even the smallest voluntary sin. So those are the two things I thought of. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a good topic, bro. I think we should probably dedicate a whole episode on just the topic of being obedient to God in our lives. Yeah. Well, that's the next one. That was kind of uh this, the first one was the purity and holiness. And then, there are some uh, St. Margaret Mary writes oh. about the level of obedience that, that Jesus called her to um, through these visions that she had and the times that he appeared to her. So he, he asked some things of her, which were somewhat uh, unusual and things that were going to take, um, she was going to need permission to do them from her superiors. Mm -hmm. and so he, Jesus wanted her to do her will to do his will but only when her superiors allowed it so it's this kind of double check on obedience so uh, Jesus had asked for her to make a holy hour every Thursday night from 11pm to midnight Friday morning sort of uh, replacing uh, the apostles who fell asleep when Jesus went to pray. So Jesus wanted her to make this holy hour and stay awake and to console his heart. So she writes, Yeah. Uh, During that hour, thou shalt do what I teach thee. But listen, my daughter, believe not lightly and trust not every spirit, for Satan is enraged and will seek to deceive thee. Therefore, do nothing without the approval of those who guide thee, being thus under the authority of obedience. For Satan's efforts against thee will be in vain, for he has no power over the obedient. Dang. Bro, I know. That's a powerful reading. Right. I like that. Uh, <laughs> when Ooh, I got to that, I was man, like, I get me pumped up, bro. I know. Pumped up. <laughs> Satan has no power. Over, over the, the obedient. Amen. Because, That's cool. yeah, so she was having these incredible apparitions and she was, uh, she talks about, uh, she writes about how she's tempted to vanity. Like, oh, look at me. You know, the Lord is appearing to me. I can do what I want in the monastery. But Jesus is putting this check on her. Yeah. 
Like I want you, I want your heart all for me and I want you to obey only me, but only, you know, when your superiors will allow it. So yeah, I was just making the reflection in my own life about obedience and, and who am I obeying? Am I, am I obeying only my own will? Am I obeying God's will? Do I ask my superiors for permission? Do I obey something that they asked me to do? Um, Cause I can come in a lot yeah. of ways. And I know a couple of weeks ago I was asked to make one of the videos uh, for the Brown road benefit countdown. And I didn't obey. <laughs> I did not make the video. <laughs> so then I got the next email from the provincial office, like, please make a video. And I was like, okay, yes, I'll do it today. So I wanted to be more obedient on that. And then just, you know, it, it can be difficult. I, I find it difficult sometimes to be obedient to, to, to every day, to what the day brings. Like today I had my day planned out. I was supposed to have mass uh, with the kids from Annunciation in the morning and then mass at noon at Samaritan house. And then I was going to have time to work with my uh, Spanish tutor on my homily this weekend, but the hospital called and someone needed an anointing. And I was like, ugh. I don't want to be obedient. I want to do what I think I'm yeah, supposed to be doing. I want to do what I want to right. do. Yeah. So yeah, it really, it really, I really had to stop and pray and ask God for help. And uh, yeah, just think about obedience and, and being obedient um, to a higher, to a higher, I don't know, higher calling, higher power, what I'm trying to say. Basically being willing to, to die to my own will and obey another. Yeah. And that, bro, like that, that's the powerful thing about, obedience you know it's like you know you go back to the root word um and being benedictine fam we both know this you know like obedience comes from you know the to listen you know the latins to listen Mm -hmm. you know and i think that that's the the hardest part about obedience is listening to the other Mm -hmm. listening Mm -hmm. to something that's without like you know not within us you know um and yeah i mean the cool thing is that like this is just a testament that you know when when we are obedient when we are listening uh to the will of god to the spirit of god um it could be very very you know a grace-filled moment like that moment where we're intimately drawn closer to christ through those that we're being obedient to yeah and that that's you know really the 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 beauty about obedience mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then that line that saint margaret mary writes uh that it's basically jesus speaking to her but you know be oh. careful because like satan so this is uh like night this is like in the 1600s so if you think satan is enraged today. So apparently he was still pretty upset back in the 1600s for He's Satan. Be <laughs> for <mad> Satan now, bro. <laughs> for Satan is enraged and will seek to deceive thee. Therefore do nothing without the approval of those who guide thee, being thus under the authority of obedience. For Satan's effort against thee will be in vain, for he has no power over the obedient. So that's, of wow. course, like being obedient to God and to our superiors um, that, yeah, Satan is going to have a that's much cool, harder man. time, so, like tempting us to disobedience if we're already like 
continually practicing being obedient uh, to our superiors yeah. and to those who have authority over us. Yeah, it's a virtue for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, so what went down, man? What went down whenever you went to the hospital? And like, did you feel? Because you you mentioned that you you said a prayer, and it was like dang it, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. And that's a lot of times, that's yeah. what it's like. Especially, you know, not even just for us in religious life, you know, we take yeah. the vow of obedience, but it's like so difficult to to just, you know, to do something that is asked of you, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so what went down or what? How'd it go? What do you... Well, um, let's see what did happen. Yeah, I... So I was really anxious. <laughs> I've only done, I guess this actually be my third anointing. I can still count them on one hand. So just nervous about that and how it had, no, I guess fourth already. So, um, yeah, but like you're supposed to have a priest is supposed to have what's called like an oil stock, which is like a tiny jar, like a tiny metal jar with a metal lid. And then you put, it's got uh, the oil. yeah, you put a cotton, cotton ball and then you, pour oil on it so so like my mom gave me one of those for my ordination but i can't find it so shout out to my mom i can't find the oil stock thing you gave me (laughs) mom Uh, i can't find the oil stock (laughs) did you look with your hands right (laughs) i know that yeah you're probably doing a man yeah a man look bro Uh, you gotta move stuff around i've been through like all my stuff bro don't don't man yeah 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 But yeah, so I was super nervous about that, and then, I, and I was running out of time, so I, uh, like one of my favorite prayers, and I've been, well, I guess we were talking about it last week too, just really trying to grow in my devotion to Mary, and oh, I've been yeah. praying the Memorare prayer for a decade or so now. Oh, bro, that's my favorite prayer. I know, it's great, huh? So, I'm also trying to, you know, there's a Memorare to St. Joseph, too. Yeah. Well, there's like actually a couple different. There's a Memorare, and then there's this one. Well, yesterday was St. Therese of Avila, St. Teresa of Avila, and she has a special prayer to St. Joseph about mm-hmm. um, never, he's never turned away anyone who uh, makes a petition through him. He always intercedes. And you can mention your intercession. Anyways, I, I asked St. Joseph for help. And then, yeah, I just went about it and tried to think about how it was going to go and. And then, so once I had decided, okay, I'm going to do this, like God is calling me, I'm a priest, like this is what priests are for. Then when I get (laughs) rise up to the occasion, right? Amen, brother. And then when you get, then I would get to the hospital. So the the patient was uh, positive for COVID 19. Hmm. But somehow they're letting in family and priests. So I guess they. Yeah, there's a certain time in the disease where they they are pretty sure <laughs> that the person is non is no longer contagious, even though they're still like suffering with the effects of it, usually with pneumonia and stuff. Anyway, so the 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 policy that the hospital had today was that family could come, but they could only come two at a time. And then as soon as they were done in the patient's room, they had to leave the hospital and couldn't come back for 24 hours. So the lady who was dying had like 12 or 15 siblings. 
Dang, she had a like big all, family. Yeah, huge, right? So, wow. I mean, obviously, yeah. like a bunch of them had been there earlier, but so there were still like when I got there, there were two family members there, and there were five more, but they could only go two at a time. And the last, her daughters wanted to be the last ones to go in. So they wanted to wait basically for like 30 to 40 minutes to go in there. And I was like, oh man, like, cause I wanted to do it right then and get, well, like, can't I go for, can't we go first? But they wanted to be the last ones anyway. So I was like, okay, you're just going to have to die to your own will. Just give it up and wait because that's what God is asking you to do through the situation. So, um, yeah, so Basically, as soon as that came, I had already decided that I was going to do it, and I was just ready to to turn that over. And uh, I mean, it's a pretty minor thing. It's like another half hour of my life. It's no big deal. But at the moment, it uh, yeah. was frustrating. But then, as soon as I let go of it, I was like, "Okay, I'm just going to enter into this." And I was like, "Okay, tell me about the tell me about your mom. Where'd you guys grow up? You know, what kind of memories do you have?" And then, you know, they were pretty talkative, wow. so um, that got that got them going pretty good. And I told them what kind of options we could do for prayers in the hospital room. And they're, they're like, well, I'll just, you know, we'll let you decide that. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So, yeah, so That's everything cool, came man. through and it was a blessing and it was stressful and it really wore me out. Uh, like emotionally afterwards, I, I had to just like be outside for like 20 minutes, and, uh, decompress. But yeah, there is great power in obedience. And I think there for is sure. a certain like, um, yeah, I think Satan really is sort of confounded by the obedient, like when we're willing to obey a God and God through others that like it's I was having a picture of like a like a chisel or an ice pick or something. And like, you know, when we're obedient, then like everything is flat. And that's like when we're disobedient, it makes like a little crack. And then like that's where Satan can come in through the crack. So definitely have to be as obedient as possible yeah that's a cool image yeah man and that's that's it's hard to do i i know for a lot of for a lot of people for a lot of religious you know especially i think especially as a guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that could be very hard you know um but the great thing is yeah once once it's like that that virtuous quality you know once you build it up and like mm-hmm. build it up out of habit, you know, it sort of allows for tremendous grace and tremendous uh, fruits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like that image so. of like building it up. But I sometimes think of like, well, it, it, you know, the virtues are talked about as like habits, but like to me, the analogy is also like a muscle, you know, and it's like, Ooh, we yeah. have all the, we have all these virtues, but like until we like, until you flex them and like, okay, then you're like, oh, I have that muscle. Okay, I can do it. But then you have to keep doing it, yeah. keep doing it. And then when you keep doing it, then, you know, then you have big, strong muscles. And then it's easy for you to then lift things and it becomes easier to be obedient and easier to be virtuous, like with practice. Yeah. That's another cool topic, bro. Yeah. yeah. But I was going, I had, I had a little bit of an obedience moment too. And I, you know, for me, I guess my spirituality is a little like, you know, just learning to be obedient and uh, present to the divine moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I think of obedience, um, 
you know, I don't really struggle that much with being obedient to, like, formators or obedient to, like, the guardian mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I struggle mostly with being um, just obedient to the spirit, you know, obedient to God working in my life mm-hmm. at this very moment in this particular mm-hmm. circumstance or partic- in this specific situation you know okay um yeah and i i think that's a struggle for me because i'm very like you know i got that spontaneous sure like okay this is going on boom let's go let's go here let's go that you know what i mean and so it's (laughs) it's it's difficult to just like all right slow down soak it up Mm, like okay you know where's where's god at and all this right don't just run to the next thing yeah yeah and so like for me being obedient is also like you know, it's kind of like when you're blindfolded and you're sort of like walking around and you're trying to like, you know, you have your mm. arms and you're just trying to feel out, you know what I mean? Feel out what's out there to feel what's going on. You know what I mean? As you're moving forward. Um, and mm. so for me, yeah, that's that's a lot where I where I lack is just being uh, listening to God present in the moment, mm. listening to God present in my life here and now, you know, so. But I think, mm-hmm. yeah, when we talk about obedience, that's an important aspect, you know, being obedient to God working in your life, you know. Cool. So I do know. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, too, about, um, you know, you said I think obedience is sometimes harder for men, and I think that could be true. Um, also for us, because we're celibate men, you know, we don't have that, like, person sleeping in our bed that we've promised to obey and be charitable to. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, we can kind of build up this air of doing my, doing our own will and doing everything the way we want to do it, which is kind of the opposite. Like the life of the brotherhood is supposed to be this, you know, shared life uh, where we can learn to listen and learn to do the will of the other. But, you know, we get busy and we get lost in our side projects and, you know, the common life, unfortunately, can slip away pretty easily. But, uh, you know, luckily we have a lot of good practices, house chapters and things to bring us back into that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I was wondering, I don't know if if any of our listeners are married or have their own experiences of obedience, but you can email us your stories at thebrotherhut at gmail.com. Or hit us up on uh, iTunes. You can leave a That's comment right. on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe keep the obedience uh, discussion going in the future if anything comes up from your experiences, beloved listeners. Because um, I'm wondering, I've also started working with a uh, a young couple who desires to be married next summer, like starting their marriage prep, marriage prep process, like through the Archdiocese of San Antonio and the parish. And just like meeting with them yesterday and like seeing their interactions and, you know, seeing them listen to each other. And I was just wondering about like their level of obedience and, you know, how it is for a couple to live that close relationship. And yeah, we'd love to hear from y'all. If y'all are out there, leave us a comment on our social media or email. Yeah. Hit us up. For sure, man. And uh, I think it would be cool to close close out with, um, I have a quote here from our constitutions on obedience and just the loving obedience. And uh, 
you guys might know this, but so Franciscan spirituality is sort of on the based off of uh, the obedience um, of Christ on the cross. From uh, I think it's uh, Philippians two fourteen when he talks about Christ being obedient even mm-hmm. to death, death mm-hmm. on a cross. And so our spirituality is sort of centered on um, you know the obedience of God and God listening to the voice of His Father. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but this is from um, number 165 of our constitutions. And it says, you know, this is on loving obedience of the brothers. And it says, following in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus, who throughout his life placed his will in the will of the Father, the brothers offer their wills by the profession of obedience as a sacrifice of themselves to God, conform themselves continually to the saving will of God so oh whom they love above all else and bind themselves to the service of the church that's a long one I thought <laughs> but yeah uh, that's that's a good oh, one that's good Just, yeah uh, sort of on the obedience of God yeah man awesome brother Vinny so, great to chat with you but yes our listeners yes. we want to thank y'all thank y'all for coming out thank y'all for tuning Absolutely. in yeah bro it's great always great to talk to you B um all right, ladies and gentlemen, checking out. Yes. out. This is the Brotherhood. Thank y'all very much for tuning in. We love you. See you next time in the Brotherhood Studios. Mm-hmm.